Taking the pulse of the city. The Capital Letter on Newstalk ZB. Newstalk ZB. It's that time uh, of the week where we have our Capital Letter. It's New Zealand Herald's Wellington Issues reporter. Georgina Campbell joins us. George has just come from uh, the coffee and the teas and the sausage rolls as the... uh, as Grant Robertson has just announced, his what we're going to have. But let's get well into moving. What was your first response? What was your first gut feeling when you? Good morning, by the way. Good morning. Yes, <laughs> I have been there, although I didn't have a single drop of coffee or a sausage roll. I was so busy working out the announcement for Let's Get Wellington Moving, and my initial reaction was kind of felt like deja vu. <laughs> Why did it feel like deja vu? So. Um, and I'll probably be showing my age a bit here, Nick, but I was there in 2019 when it was Phil Twyford who was the Transport Minister and he announced, you know, light rail for Wellington and a second Mount Victoria tunnel. And I just thought, I can't believe here we are three years later kind of announcing what Let's Get Wellington Moving is going to be again. But I think um, we did have some assurances from both the Transport Minister and Finance Minister that you know, this is uh, the direction that the government is heading in and they really want to get people on board. You know, um, the trans- uh, the transport minister especially said, you know, we've been sort of going around for years now um, talking about what what we're going to have for Wellington and now it's time to get on with it. And he really wanted people to just kind of join them and get cracking. What changed between Phil Twyford's 2017 and Grant Robertson's uh, 2022? So the big change is where light rail is going, if it is light rail. That is the preferred option. Um, So originally it was going to the airport. Now it is going to go to Island Bay. I think that is a really good decision. This is a $7.4 billion transport project. It's going to cost a lot of money. And I think we should be servicing the people who live in Wellington. You know, the comment was made today, sort of, it's not about um, people being able to get out of the city via the airport. We want to service people who are living here and working here um, and want to have really good transport projects. And actually, you know, they're the ones who are going to be funding most of it too. Weren't concerned about the tracks and the ground, the light rail with our reputation as being an earthquake um, prone city? That didn't come up, but what did come up, um, which Thomas Coughlin, a senior political reporter at The Herald, and I did a joint story about this a couple of weeks ago, there is a little bit of uncertainty there on the mode. And so we're talking about light rail or bus rapid transit. The government has made it clear, you know, they want light rail. um, Is that just because it's more sexy? Well, National has come out this morning and said that, you know, this is Labour sort of being ideological about light rail and has described it as Auckland Light Rail 2.0. The government's argument is that light rail is really going to unlock a lot of a lot of housing. Um, and it's also, you know, really fast and, and reliable. So the issue here, though, is that is that there's, I guess there's a little bit of uncertainty around those urban development forecasts and and just how that will work. So they're also going to look at bus rapid transit kind of as like a plan B um, so they're not wasting time if they do need to switch it up later down the track. Okay, let's move to the airport which, you know, uh, I have said on the show, pre-COVID, 5 million people 
visited, I think 2019, the figures came out that 5 million people went through that terminal, which is pretty insane when you look at it. They were predicting the following year to have 6 million COVID hit, and obviously we didn't. But that's the sort of numbers when we get back to normality that we are going to have going through there. What did this announcement do to give, like our callers earlier said, when I want to live in Upper Hutt and get to the airport, what, what does, how does that help them? Well, the good news is is that the second Mount Victoria tunnel includes two lanes for private vehicles and two lanes for um, public transport. So this does mean that buses will be able to get through to the east a lot easier than the current situation. Um, so they'll also have bus priority lanes, which will speed up that route. The, the good news for the airport is that the airport flyer is coming online um, I think in a matter of days actually yep, yep. and so th- that will make a big difference and I think um, you know the regional council can kind of build on that service if it needs to ramp it up um, and it will improve um, its frequency and reliability having that access through the Mount Victoria Tunnel. Were you concerned uh, with the tunnel, the existing tunnel that we've got right now being used just for cycle and walking? Now I, I'm a practical guy and I know what that tunnel is going to look like in six months after it opens. It's a big, long tunnel with no eyes apart from those walking or cycling going through it. It scares me a little bit. Why does it scare you? Because I I, I use the little tunnel that goes through the airport, and that scares me enough. You know what I mean? Tunnels aren't the most um, safest spaces. Yeah, I think that's definitely something that they'll have to look at. You know, like people will have to feel comfortable you know, walking through that space. but I Would mean, you walk through that space? That's six, oh, Patrick Morgan told me it was 600 metres. I know that you've got your own, you've mapped it out yourself and know exactly how long it is, but he says it's 600 metres. Would you feel safe walking through a tunnel like that? Well, the thing is, is that I used to walk through the tunnel as it is now because my partner used to live in Hitaitai. And so I walked through that tunnel all the time and it was horrible because of all the traffic and emissions and people tooting it's not a nice experience and then pedestrians and cyclists are sort of squeezed into this little lane so I think the point I would make people are already walking through it Um, and I think that more people will walk and cycle through it when there's that dedicated space and it's just amazingly faster isn't it to go through than I don't know whatever the other route is around or over the top no question no Mm. question but I think that you'd feel safer with cars with lights and people and movement and that watching you on that you you know you could still wave and there's someone going to be there if you're in the middle of there walking you're going to wave and no one's going to be there but what's the timeline that's another whole show on that tunnel but what's the timeline what are we I mean is it going to be open for your children or is it going to be open for my children? <laughs> um, so the, the next stage in the program is the detailed business case once the two respective councils have, have signed off um, this preferred option. And so it's expected that work on that business case will be done by 2024 and then they're going to move into the design and consenting phase. So look, we're still a long way off building anything but both ministers, you know, said that they're looking at ways to speed this up, um, looking at different funding options for the councils. I, I think we would expect to see some special legislation being drawn up for this to try and push it through. What's more major, the light rail installation or the tunnel? The light rail, absolutely, hands down. Wow. You're a bit of a fan of that, though. Eh? You always have been a bit of a fan of it. Do you know why I'm a fan of mass rapid transit? For two reasons. 
because it's going to unlock all of this housing, which we really desperately need in Wellington. And also mass rapid transit, whether it's bus rapid transit or light rail, it's going to like, it'll just be such a step change in public transport. People will be able to rely on it. They can show up at the platform and not have to worry about checking the timetable because um, you know, a, a service will show up in, in six minutes or, or whatever it is. Um, and so, and I think Wellingtonians really deserve a first-class public transport system. Well, George, tomorrow, because Jack's been in Wellington for four or five years and have caught the bus for the last month, never used the bus. So tomorrow, where I park my car, I normally Uber to this, where we are at the moment, at five o'clock, 5.30 in the morning. Tomorrow, I'm going to catch the bus so I'm going to park my car and catch the bus because Jack reckons there'll be a bus within every five minutes. So if I'm late at work tomorrow, I'm going to blame Jack and you for telling me to use public transport. How's that? Well, I would say at the moment there have been a lot of cancellations, more than a thousand in the last week. Because... Excuses before we even started. <laughs> my, my my poor flatmate came home the other night and sort of like three buses had been cancelled. So... Maybe not Maybe not the best time to put this to the test. Oh, George, come on. Georgina Campbell, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. And you can read uh, George's stories on New Zealand Herald at any stage. She's our Wellington's issue reporter. Georgina Campbell, always a pleasure.